0: thank you for listening to the 27th episode of the career planning show which aims to help you launch and grow a fulfilling career i'm your host alex rashkanu on this episode we feature an interview we conducted with margaret schwartz in april 2021 while she was serving as strategic and youth initiatives outreach coordinator with the government of nova scotia she now serves as communications and community navigator with Placemaking 4G and Tribe Network. In our interview with Margaret, we discussed the importance of tapping into your personal and professional networks for career advancement, given that 8 out of 10 jobs that employers hire for in Nova Scotia are not posted online, the fact that it's important to build your self-confidence, to reach out cold to employers, to express your interest in joining them based on your skills, values, and overall fit with their organization. We talked about the opportunity to tap into post-secondary career centers and community employment service organizations, about the Ikigai career planning framework, the importance of finding a mentor and developing the three critical soft skills of collaboration, communication, and critical thinking. Enjoy listening to the interview.
1: Welcome to the Career Planning Show. Our guest today is
0: Margaret Schwartz.
1: Margaret, how are you?
2: I'm wonderful. How are you, Alex?
1: I'm very well. Thank you for making the time to be with us. Margaret, can you walk us through your career journey so far?
2: Sure. So just to provide a little bit of context, I'm from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, so I'm on the East Coast of Canada, uh, and I identify as a second-generation newcomer. So this means I have a parent who came to Canada from outside of the country. Uh, My father originates from South India uh, and met my mother in Nova Scotia and they settled in Dartmouth, uh, which is where I have lived for most of my life. Uh, And in terms of my kind of career journey and path, I kind of play the trial and error game with a number of post-secondary institutions. I know a lot of people uh, have been in a similar, similar situation where maybe the first place or university that you pursue uh, isn't quite a good fit for your learning style. Uh, And that was an experience that I had in my first and and second year university. However, I did find a good uh, place for me with Mount St. Vincent University. Uh, And the reason behind this being, I kind of had to do some, some digging into what a noble or established career meant to me uh, and I, I kind of realized it was a hard truth to, to realize that my skill sets and my strengths weren't in uh, the hard skills or the more technical skills. I wasn't going to be a doctor or an engineer. Um, my strengths are um, very much more in soft skills uh, development so communication, judgment, um, critical thinking, social perceptiveness Um, And so I pursued a degree in public relations from Mount St. Vincent University, um, and I graduated there in 2015. Uh, Another element of um, my potential career that's going to be important to me is having the opportunity to write. Uh, That's something that's been integral to me since I was quite young, uh, both in the creative aspect and in, in professional writing and journalism. So with a public relations degree, I was able to enhance my writing skills and and communication skills and how I can use both of those uh, to help companies and organizations connect with the people that they serve. So my first uh, work experience coming out of university, at that time, my mother was battling uh, stage three colorectal cancer. And so uh, my passion and, and, and purpose at the time was really dedicated to her recovery so I took a first career job with the Canadian Cancer Society, uh, Nova Scotia Division, um, and I worked there in a community engagement role for two years, um, which was a really valuable experience coming out of university to work with a nonprofit. Um, particularly because staff teams are smaller, and as a new person um, looking to get involved and prove yourself, you typically get to wear a lot of hats and and have your hand in a lot of different activities, and you're allowed to take leadership in areas that have been neglected or don't have enough capacity dedicated to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a really rewarding uh, career step for me. And in 2017, I, I was ready for a switch and I was ready for the next big thing for me. Uh, and so I joined the provincial government, which is where I currently work in, in a role that I've been in now for three and a half years. Mm-hmm. I work with the Department of Labor and Advanced Education, and I'm an outreach coordinator. Um, specifically focused on youth employment programs. Um, So I focus very heavily on the retention and employment of young people in Nova Scotia. This is something that's really important to us on the East Coast, um, as we have experienced these trends in the past where young people leave the province to pursue opportunities uh, elsewhere, maybe Toronto or out west. Uh, And in Nova Scotia, we have a really aging population. And so if we continue to have this out migration of our talent, we're going to continue to experience labor gaps uh, here in Nova Scotia. So uh, the the programs that I promote specifically are wage incentives uh, that we offer to employers to help them create jobs for post-secondary talent. So so that's uh, where I am currently.
1: That's great. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. Margaret, in mapping out your career um, step by step and, and getting to the strategic initiatives and youth outreach coordinator role that you have right now with the government of Nova Scotia, were there any resources that you came across that really stand out to you and you think that uh, other people should look to if they dream of doing the kind of work that you do right now?
2: Certainly, yeah. The number one um, resource that was most valuable to me in my development uh, was tapping into my personal and professional networks. So in in Nova Scotia, and particularly in the Maritimes, um, communities are very small. uh, And it's so important to realize uh, that who you know could help you get a foot in the door. Just to paint a picture, um, eight out of 10 jobs that are available at any given time in Nova Scotia are not posted online. People are going through their networks um, and, and asking for people and, and for connections to, to when it comes to hiring, nepotism plays a really big role here as well. Um, so for me as a young person, it was so important for me to kind of tap into the people that I know who have connections in the agencies or the workplaces that I'm curious about uh, to help me you know, meet people for coffee um, meet uh, folks who are already working in a communication or a public relations role that, that I admire. Um, and so another piece with that was also uh, focusing on self-confidence building to be able to also reach out cold to organizations and say, hey, you know, your organization interests me and, and I think I have values that align, and skill sets that align. Um, could I come in to learn more about what you guys do and if you have opportunities available? Um, Something that really helped with that was tapping into um, career service departments on campus. A lot of young people don't even know that their university or or college campus has those resources available, Um, so being able to take advantage of your co-op office if you're in a co-op program, which was huge for me. um, Those are people who their full-time job is to kind of help you navigate and get connected Um, with potential employment or potential opportunities. That was key for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Another tool that I've been using in most recent years when it comes to navigating and looking ahead in the future about what my role is going to be, um, it's a tool that a friend shared with me. It's called Ikigai. Um, It's actually a Japanese exercise um, that helps you as an individual look at how you can provide value um, to society while also fulfilling your own aspirations and, and reaching your own um, potential. So it looks at four key things, those being what you're good at, what you can be paid for, what you love and, and what the world needs. So that's a tool that I've been exploring over the past um, year and year and a half around um, my own skill sets and, and what does growth look like for me um, in terms of my future in Nova Scotia? Uh, the icky guy is something that everyone can use as a self-navigation tool when they're when they're trying to figure out what their next steps are. So that's something that I'd recommend to any young person who's kind of at a point in their in their career path where they're unsure about uh, what comes next. And that's so timely right now with COVID kind of impacting the way we work. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot more folks coming out of university or school and uh, stepping into the job market looks a lot different. Recruitment looks a lot different. Um, self-marketing yourself is completely different. And so there's a lot of hesitation. There's a lot of anxiety around uh, how to navigate that process. So taking some time to like look, look inward at yourself and your strengths uh, and how you wanna market yourself I think is, is so important.
1: That's great. Young people
2: to be taking into consideration. Yeah.
1: So that's a framework that we can definitely link to in the show notes. In terms of technology tools that you've seen young people with whom you interact and who are seeking employment and are successful in finding employment in Nova Scotia, are there any tools that stand out to you that individuals are using beyond Word and LinkedIn and Indeed, is there anything else that stands out to you?
2: Well, and I'm not sure if I'm directly answering your question when I'm saying this, but Since I work quite closely with both a youth audience and an employer audience, Mm. um, something that I've noticed since the pandemic started is that employers are realizing now how valuable uh, young people are, especially because they have these digital and technically inclined skill sets that can help them kind of adapt to working in a more digitized economy. So they've been tapping more heavily into our programs uh, because they know that that young people are are gonna help them shift uh, and survive um, and kind of uh, adapt their organization to to be able to serve their clients um, in a virtual world. Just to kind of paint a picture of that, um, we had a co-op employer last summer who they offer, programming and and resources to help people plant their own food and grow their own food. Um, They hired a computer science co-op student to help them take that package and that tool and create it as an online app that that folks, that users could download to use while they're growing food at home. Um, Hmm. Without tapping into the young talent, uh, that shift would have taken a longer time for that organization. They may not have survived. A lot of businesses have have not been able to shift. And I think one of the key things that's helping employers do that is is tapping into younger talent.
1: That's great. So one thing that I take away from your train of thought here is leveraging your technology skills as part of your job search process, highlighting them and telling the story about how they can be helpful to the employer is something that is uh, beneficial for employers and, and therefore helps the individual stand out in the job search process.
2: Big time. Yeah, and I think everyone's been talking about this future of work that's coming, but it's here now. I, mm-hmm. I think this past year has really accelerated that, that shift. It's here now, um, which, which is why it's so important, uh, particularly for us on the East Coast, to ensure that, that young people are, are able to step in meaningfully to the labor force. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the uh, Humans Wanted uh, report and research that was done by RBC um, across Canada, but they found that in the next decade, 25% of Canadian jobs are going to be impacted by technology or automation in some way. Um, So as young people, it's so important to think about in terms of the future of your career, um, how might you have to transition from what you do now to be valuable in 10 years from now is your is your line of work going to change and how can your skill sets adapt so i think there's two really important things for young people to be thinking about and one is always be open and flexible to advancing your skills um, in i.t computer science and anything uh, related to, uh, to, to a digitized economy and the second thing is enhancement and development of your soft skills those are always going to be important. The more that we work with robots, um, the more that people are going to crave a human connection. And so to be able to work in an organization and have strong human connection skills yes. um, is going to be key in, in being a uh, value. And there's research that's pointing to that. So I think as we plan ahead, for what's already starting to happen now um, those are two key key things that if you want to have a successful career and be able to kind of adapt and grow with ease both your digital skills and your soft and social skills are going to be so important mm-hmm.
1: picking up on the need for social skills and and opportunity to continue to develop at one's career I noticed that um, you enjoy being a mentor. Uh, you're involved mm-hmm. with the Halifax Partnership Connector Program. You're involved with the Edunova Study and Stay Program. Could you please speak about those initiatives and how you know, a young person in Nova Scotia can get plugged into them and what are some of the outcomes that you're seeing?
2: Sure. Yeah. So in uh, in Nova Scotia, there are a number of great programs to help uh, recent graduates and and young people get connected to people who are already working in their industry Uh, mentors, if you will, or people who are kind of excelling in an area that you want to be going into. So um, I do mentor through both the Halifax Partnership Connector Program uh, and the Edunova uh, Study and Stay Program. That program is specific for helping uh, international uh, graduates uh, build their networks and, and get connected to um, the industries that they're studying in. Uh, and it, that program, it, it's so important because coming here from another country, you don't have, uh, you don't necessarily have family or a network base when you arrive. Uh, And through this past year, living in isolation, it's been even more um, uh, discouraging for a number of international students who have been struggling to make connections. It's not the same doing it online uh, as in the past where you could go to a networking event or a career fair and and physically shake somebody's hand. So we've definitely been uh, trying to be creative with how we're able to support uh, international students and and new graduates with, with getting connected and, and offering them guidance. So in my role as a mentor, uh, what I will do with uh, graduates and, and international students is kind of sit down and we'll look from more of a, a holistic approach of how are you doing in general. Um, for example, it's very hard to focus on what's next in your employment um, Career or or what's next in terms of your professional steps if you're worried about your family back home, whose um, town may uh, have a COVID outbreak or um, you're feeling you're feeling lonely on campus um, or you're struggling with with food insecurity on campus. So we try and look at uh, what are some more urgent needs that you have as a student, what needs to be fulfilled before you can spend the time and and have the energy to focus directly on uh, what your next step is going to be after education. Um, So that's an an approach that I take when I'm connecting with students. And then the next piece is um, sharing my network um, in this role that I have at Department of Labor um it's an outreach oriented role so i'm working a lot with community partners um organizations chambers of commerce regional enterprise networks across the province and with that i get to meet a lot of amazing people um, who work in all kinds of different industries and are are champions in, in their own way and so what i'm always excited to do is introduce uh international students and, and new grads to some of these champions that i've met who can kind of help them get a foot in the door, uh, in some cases, offer them their first job. Um, so that, that's been um, rewarding and it's a lot of work. And I think as, as Nova Scotians, it's kind of our, our, our duty to help those who are new to our community or are struggling um, to figure out what's next to, to help help along the way. So um, a lot of my extra curricular time is dedicated to, to these programs.
1: Yeah. And anybody who's listening to our conversation, uh, I will definitely link to Margaret's uh, LinkedIn profile because uh, you definitely want to follow it. You, you do post a lot of really good resources that job seekers can tap into um, on a regular basis. So that's uh, very much appreciated. Uh, Margaret, what would you say is one thing that someone can do today in order to Um, get one step closer to finding a job, despite there being a very significant shift in in the job market that has been occurring. Um, Imagine a young person, a recent graduate from St. Mary's University, for example, in Halifax, who's, who's really struggling. They're applying to jobs every day right now, um, through Indeed, through LinkedIn, through um, Career Beacon, they're they're just going through all these different websites and just submitting applications, and they're not really getting any replies. Is there one thing that they should consider doing that could help them bring them closer to to having an interview and, and finding a job?
2: Hmm. Uh- The one thing I, if you're saying one thing, it's very hard to narrow it down, but I would really encourage folks to think about um, finding yourself a mentor. Hmm. Maybe it's a professor that you really admire on your campus, or maybe it's your friend's mother who has a job that you really admire. It's, it's, it can feel like it's an ask when you're, you're asking someone to be your mentor. Um, so it can be, you know, a mentorship relationship can be casual. And really, it's someone who's there to hold you accountable um, as you go through the process. Because uh, there's a lot of steps to that process. You know, just kind of perfecting your resume and cover letter is one step you know, then practicing interviews is another. And that's something that you can do with your friends one-on-one is is practice interviews. But I would really, really encourage folks to look at who is it that you really admire or you want to have um, a career like theirs within five years uh, and reach out to them to see if they have the capacity to to be a guide or or someone who can offer advice to you along the way in some capacity as a mentor. I think there's a lot of of things that are going to be different in the coming years in the workforce because of um, all the the different generations that are working together. The younger generation, um, there are values and and practices that we um, normalize that older generations, um, you know, don't practice. And so when we're working together, I think this is another thing that that young people should um, be mindful of is... Uh, just because we work differently and we ha- may have different value sets, um, it doesn't make us invaluable. Th- these are strengths, uh, and these are you know special traits that we bring to the workforce as a younger generation. For example, um, younger people are very uh, per- and I'm speaking in very general terms when i'm I'm saying this. I, I don't mean to stereotype millennials or Gen Zs, but there there's research to show that there are specific traits and and values that young people um, follow in the workforce, one being that we like to be very aligned in terms of our purpose uh, with an organization. We want to know that we're making a difference. Uh, We also typically want to be ourselves when we're coming to work. So often we're told that, you know, you can be uh, fun and goofy Margaret outside of work and then you have to put on your professional hat when you go to the office. Um, That's not something that young people want to do, typically. We want to be ourselves and our truest version of ourselves at all times, both at work and outside of work. Uh, And I think that's going to bring a lot of value as we move into a very digital way of working. Uh, People want to remain human at at all times. Uh, And I think, you know, organizations are going to benefit from that uh, as our generation introduces more of that as we kind of start to take over. also, in terms we were speaking there about uh, some of the skills that are going to be really important in a digital economy, uh, and I think another takeaway for young people should be the development of, of the three C's. So that being collaboration, communication, and critical thinking. Again, these are soft skills that young people will want to um, ensure that, that they're being mindful of and consciously aware of as they focus on their professional development older generations and more traditional employers um, you know, expect folks to kind of have one or two transitions throughout their career journey. Um, that's going to look a bit different in the, in the future. And for young people, it's expected that as young people, we might job hop six or seven times throughout our career. And that's going to be normal. We're going to go through a lot of changes and we're going to experience change frequently. Um, so I think it's good to be prepared that, you know, you don't have to go and work for an, for an organization for the remainder of your life. Um, you're going to have to be flexible. Um, your career in some way may be impacted by technology and become automated and you're going to have to transition and be open to that. Uh, and, but I think that's going to create a lot of neat opportunities. We're going to have a lot of variety in our, in our life, I think in the next number of decades. Uh, and I think that's something as young people to be excited about.
1: Thank you so much, Margaret. I really appreciate your energy and your passion for helping young people get connected with employment opportunities. One final question would be, what is the, the big challenge in society that you see yourself working on over the coming years? I know that you've been in the area of employment services. You've been uh, focused on supporting students and young professionals. Do you see yourself continuing on this path or is there a broader um, social challenge that you see um, that you're planning to work on?
2: Sure. Yeah. Something that I'll bring to your attention that we have in Nova Scotia are the one N S goals. This was created five years ago. Uh, It's a number of goals where we look at how we're going to measure uh, and reach um, success when it comes to some of our our economic goals that are specific to Nova Scotia. Youth employment is one of them. Uh, Also, retention of international students, uh, which I should note that we've, the goal that was set in place for that, which was to achieve um, retaining 10% of international students by 2024 has surpassed. There are a lot of goals um, that really the, the needle hasn't moved at all. Um, and that's in specifically in relation to uh, employment of uh, indigenous First Nations, uh, Mi'kmaq job seekers, as well as uh, members of the African Nova Scotian community. Um, so I think with the advancement, uh, we we are seeing an increase in in youth employment. I will say that youth were one of the hardest hit demographics when COVID first came, is that some of the greatest uh, areas of job loss were uh, jobs filled by young people. And so that created a challenge uh, for young people. But now as we're kind of in recovery mode as as an economy, um, employers are starting to see the value in creating jobs for younger people. Uh, And I hope, and I think I'm in a role To help employers see that they also need to be diversifying their organizations and they can do that hand in hand with youth employment, creating more jobs for youth who are currently underrepresented in the workforce is uh, essential. And, it, and not just because it's good for the economy. You so often hear the business case for diversity, which can feel disheartening because, you know, why do we have to prove um, to you to, to hire folks uh, that you can't relate to as easily as you do with others when others can just kind of show up? Um, and so I think there's a lot of, of work that's currently happening uh, in, in Nova Scotia, but that I know in my role and uh, my, my life experiences, I have a lot of privilege. Um, And I know that I can um, help influence this uh, because of my place and in my role at LAE. Um, But by also being a racialized person, um, I have experienced um, situations, you know, in workplace settings or in interviews that have made me um, empathize greatly with my peers who who have it much harder. And so I know uh, in my role and in terms of what the future of my career is going to look like, I think it's always going to be uh, either in the youth development space or uh, in the employment space um, in Nova Scotia, whether that's growing uh, within provincial government or um, continuing to work closely with community, it's always going to be uh, in a role where I can have uh, an impact on, on community and community engagement and, and working with uh, external partners. Um, as well uh, as you know finding a way to uh, write more because <laughs> that i know that's definitely uh supposed to be something i do in life i just i know it um but your first question there around um you know are there supports and programs maybe that um i could speak to that align with some of these things we're talking about i will mention a few um empower canada it's a charitable national organization uh, they i think they are based out of Uh, Ontario, Alex. However, they've recently uh, come to Nova Scotia and launched Uh Yeah, and and their role is to create kind of an alternative form of training and education for marginalized youth who want to advance their skills in computer science, IT, uh, and tech skills. Uh, And a component of this program is not just the training, but also um, stepping foot into the workforce. So the organization works really closely with employers that uh, you know commit to offering work placements afterward or full-time jobs uh, to folks in the program. Um, so I think this is a really you know a really targeted and really valuable program. And I think for these for us to have success in moving the needle um, in terms of employment of those who are currently underrepresented in the workforce, the initiatives that we talk about need to be um, targeted. They need to be uh, also first voice led. So led by uh, members of the community um, who are experiencing these these barriers uh, to employment. Um, Again, the connector programs that we talked about, I think are really valuable. Um, For example, the uh, connector program that's offered by the Halifax Partnership, they will be launching an African Nova Scotian stream at some point this year. They've hired a new coordinator for that role Uh, And something else I'll mention uh, that's um, supported by our Department of Labor are uh, provincial sandboxes. So these are innovation playgrounds, what they are called, that exist on campus um, for the student body to uh, for those who are interested in pursuing entrepreneurship or they have business ideas, but they don't have the space or the resources or the tools to really dedicate time to exploring them. We've got a handful of those in Nova Scotia, for example, the Dow Idea Hub or Shift Key Labs uh, associated with the computer science department at mm-hmm. Dow, um, because we're going to be, you know, moving as uh, into, you know, more digital way of doing things. LAE has also um, invested more funding into computer science programming at um, four of our universities. So I think, you know, with all of these investments, it's amazing. It, it's, it's, and uh, it's, it's timely, but I think, We definitely need to be, every time we make these decisions to enhance programming in this area, we need to make sure that we're speaking to all Nova Scotians, that Mm -hmm. they can have a potential future uh, in these areas.
1: I appreciate you sharing your career journey and all these uh, resources with us. We appreciate having had you on the Career Planning Show.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Alex. I, I really appreciate being able to share my experiences.
0: If you enjoyed this interview with Margaret Schwartz, please subscribe to The Career Planning Show, rate it, and share it with a friend.